It's been this way since time began. Whatever new property protection measures someone thinks up only becomes a challenge to someone trying to break through. In computing, this happens up and down the stack. I'm Jason Lopez for Podtech.net. Hardware-assisted virtualization is becoming an increasingly hot topic and offers benefits in managing security. I spoke with Manny Novoa of Hewlett-Packard, a distinguished technologist who focuses on platform security for business PCs, and Malcolm Harkins, who's responsible for Intel's information risk and security. And they were on the line together. Here's that interview. I thought that a good place to start might be just to clear the air on this, and that is a hardware-assisted virtualization, because I imagine that people who aren't directly in the virtualization business might not understand what the difference between that is and the virtualization that they have been hearing about that's going to uh, change the software industry. So I wonder if one of you could take a stab at describing what hardware-assisted virtualization is. Okay. You want to take that one, Manny? No, okay, I, I, can, I can give it a shot. Um, sure. So in the case of, well, let's, uh, let, I guess let me, let me get into uh, what we're normally familiar with, which is whether you're using VMware, some Zen type of um, hypervisor. What we normally think of uh, in terms of um, software virtualization is that there's some piece of code, and it can be you know, uh, uh, an operating system then that in turn hosts other operating systems on top of it, but it makes all the decision, uh, all, the de- all the decisions and, and controls all kinds of um, platform states and registers that it tries to, in other words, virtualize or uh, give each separate machine running on top of it uh, to the view all of, the, uh, of all of those, but it has to handle all the protections from one machine to another. In the case of hardware-assisted virtualization, a lot of that uh, handing off the platform controls to the operating system, uh, um, you know, protection of keys and secrets and things, a lot of that can actually be handled directly uh, in, the actu- in the hardware. So what that does is it basically uh, does two things. One, it offloads um, the virtualization layer from having to be you know, uh, quite as big as it normally would. And secondly, it actually provides hardware protection for those OS registers and whatnot um, that don't have to be dealt with and isolated between the different virtual machines by just that software layer. Now, for years, I, I think that one of the uh, common conceptions about uh, software and hardware is that software was just becoming in- so sophisticated right. that it was your machine, basically, and the hardware itself was just a dumb element in the whole thing that that supported this this software. And there's sort of a flavor of the hardware now taking a greater role in a lot of the sophistication that is uh, being developed or around our computing. Is that uh, is that a fairly accurate view of what's happening? I'd say that that's uh, correct. And in fact, I only talked real briefly in, in terms of the hardware virtualization of technologies like on the Intel platform, the, the uh, VT-type uh, technologies. When you add the technology that's come to bear uh, during 07 here in the recent uh, d- desktop launches, uh, for the trusted execution technology, you add one more layer to it that's, that's, that I can measure that first piece of code that's going to be, you know, that I'm going to root all my trust in. So all my trust is going to be rooted on this one piece of code. It's hopefully going to be small, tight, very manageable, you know, very well controlled. 
And But how do I know that someone can't just arbitrarily change that software? And with TXE technology, what we get is the ability to measure that and guarantee that it is a known uh, hypervisor virtualization layer that that is okay to be run on that platform. So again, adding you know a hardware element to be able to say, hey, we can actually control uh, what gets loaded and then either not load uh, something that's not authorized or at least inform the user that something's changed here. Do you still want to run this environment? Yeah, I think to add on to what Manny said, uh, you know, is also you know when you when you think back, a lot of the application stuff we're using the the compute power of the hardware. I think with the applications and management and security capabilities um, that we can start enabling and hooking into the hardware, you end up with a more manageable and more secure platform at the end of the day. And you know, again, some of the security threats are evolving to start looking below the operating system. So it's also important that we provide that extra layer of confidence in the overall system security. I wonder if you could describe what's happening below the operating system right now from a security point of view. Well, again, I think, you know, starting back a little bit more historically, we've seen, you know, attack vectors change from, you know, what we're really just focused on, uh, typical end-user applications and operating system vulnerabilities. But as, uh, you know, those items have continued to improve and get hardened, you've got a threat vector where, uh, the attackers are wanting to go more and more unnoticed. And so, you know, to do that, they're looking at other layers of the stack, in some cases moving up into other application layers, and in some cases moving below the operating system um, and looking at uh, um, various drivers and BIOS and what they can do to embed themselves in the system without being detectable by, you know, some of today's technology in the antivirus and intrusion detection space. Does that mean that a lot of hackers and a lot of intruders are getting more sophisticated in how they're breaking in? It does mean they're getting more sophisticated in how they're breaking in, and they're also leveraging, you know, m- much of the same automation that we all use for, you know, office computing that makes our lives easier. Um, you know, the the attackers are leveraging automation to, uh, you know, more easily... Um, go through systems and identify vulnerabilities um, in applications or in operating systems or in the system itself um, so that they can speed up identification of of, uh, vulnerabilities so that they can figure out their attack vector. Can you paint a picture of where the most important, I mean, at least as it's evolving right now because it may change down the road, but at least now, where are the most important points of security in in the stack? Uh, is it starting to look like it is before you even get to the operating system deeper in the stack? D- is it still all across someone's use of, of their uh, computer? I think it'll still it's still all across um, uh, the areas. You can't ignore any layer of the stack. It, we'll need to start providing the defense in depth, much like we think of uh, in a corporate environment. You know, looking at uh, clients and servers and network and, and the multiple layers there, when you look at a platform itself, just one individual computer, you're going to have to have the equivalent defense and depths because there's multiple layers to that platform. All potentially have um, an attack vector that uh, somebody could go after. Well, Manny, from the OEM point of view, how have 
the solutions available to IT evolve to better tackle some of these new threats? So I, well, so I think one of the, uh, uh, the, the, the important things that is, is to, to point out, and I think Malcolm did a pretty good job of uh, setting the stage, but also I think now attacks have become more and more increasingly for profit. Before it was a lot for fame, right? Hey, I can do this, this, this virus, I can take down a whole bunch of machines. Now it's, well, wait, you know, if I can get a whole bunch of these bots out there, I can go make them do my dirty work for me, and I can keep them dormant for a whole long period of time, and, you know, they only come on when they need to, and they get very difficult, um, you know, to, um, you know, to, to detect. Uh, and then also uh, some, some folks that will be familiar with the uh, blue pill type of attacks where it was, you know, suggested that, oh, my goodness, someone can come in on the hypervisor and try to kind of steal the platform from underneath you and virtualize it, and the next thing you know, you're in a, uh, in a state where you, you can't detect it. And uh, over and over, uh, just to allay those fears uh, from the OEM side, we've, and, and in conjunction with Intel, we've done a lot of work uh, with a lot of the anti-malware folks, and there are, you know, ample ways to be able to detect those types of attacks. And as I said previously, things like TXT only make that more difficult for someone to actually pull off those attacks. But I think there's uh, folks have, have, on the anti-malware side, particularly, have started focusing on tools that not just look on at signatures, which is something we traditionally did. Wow, because if not, all I had to do is make a small variant of my worm or malware, and hey, guess what? Uh, I can attack another batch before, you know, there's, because uh, there's a lag time between the time that these vendors can get out these patches. And so now we've tried to start looking at behavioral, behavioral models and what is the proper behavior of the way that this machine should behave, these applications that I know that are on it, you know, what are types of behaviors are normal for them. And when we get outside of that norm, be able to take proactive stances you know, through the manageability stacks that we have to notify some console somewhere that there could be some problem in this segment over here because we're seeing a whole bunch of, you know, the, the anomalies in activity and be able to take a proactive uh, stance uh, so that IT, you know, has a fighting chance. If not, things like Slammer and some of those very, very fast uh, moving worms, you know, can really wreak havoc if they take hold of your network. But again, I think we've got enough tools. And as, you know, Malcolm said, defense in depth. Uh, you can't just say, I've got this great new switch that I, you know, um, that, and, and, and with that alone, that's going to detect in hardware uh, these virus signatures coming in. Uh, I'm protected at, you know, at every level. On the personal system, you have to have something. You have to have the anti-malware. You have to have intrusion detection software uh, where things like network access control um, can come and play in the picture and you can control your network to turn ports off. All the better. But again, Try to stop them at different layers. If you can't stop them here, I'll stop them at the next level. Well, what can IT do to combat the zero-day threat? So, think, go ahead, Malcolm. Yeah, I think you know the approach that um, most IT organizations have been taking with looking at the defense in depth, continuing to try and stay on top of things. You know, it, it boils down into how quickly can you get to your clients and get to your servers and make adjustments, and, and how many. Um, you know, blocks do you have up that, again, through some of the behavioral stuff may stop or slow or alert some things, and then how quickly you can respond. So some of that will involve the management capability you've got on those systems to be able to quickly go uh, change, uh, you know, a patch, change a setting, that type of stuff. Some of it, again, if you have more advanced behavioral items, may be tuned in such a way that, uh it, it, it takes care of the zero day. Uh, the other aspect of it 
is, is the training and awareness of your end users and getting them to understand um, what may be occurring that's out of normal um, so that they can also be a part of your uh, detection and, and prevention mechanisms. Uh, well, let's talk about the future. Uh, what plans are in the works for HP and Intel to further push new developments in security and PC management? So I think, uh, you know, um, both companies, particularly on, our, on the, on the vPro-branded uh, products, um, well, actually, let me, let me forward that with, with a, um, a, a quick little quote here, that everyone wants to manage their enterprise securely, but not all security settings or, you know, security uh, uh, configuration settings on a platform should be manageable. So then that's kind of an interesting uh, way of looking at that we've always had this balance that we've had to, to, you know, to strive to achieve between manageability and security. Well, I want to manage all these security settings, but is it okay for me to uh, allow, maybe it's password controls or, you know, uh, to have the setting that actually does a, you know, factory reset of a particular, you know, critical setting. You know, when you start thinking about things like that, you say, hmm, that could cause, that could be an interesting attack for a complete denial of service. So um, one of the things that, um, that I think we've, we've both been looking at is, um, the, you know, the out-of-band uh, manageability and some of the capabilities that we got through the first vPro platforms last year and now, you know, through what we know as, as AMT today that allows us to have uh, a... Um, highly authenticated channel to be able to go to the platform and do things in an out-of-band way um, that maybe I'm li- more likely to allow more of my uh, sensitive you know, platform configuration settings to be manageable through that channel that I would not open through just a traditional. Um. Okay. I just thought I'd ask for like any final thoughts on uh, what we talked about. Anything that you wanted to add? Oh, I'd say what I would add on to what uh, what Malcolm said is, uh, you know, IT organizations, you know, yes, the tools are getting better. Uh, yes, we have, you know, um, good techniques now to um, uh, to go in and 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 control, you know, you know, not only, um, you know, the anti malware uh, software and things that we've traditionally done. Again, defense in depth. Uh, we're, there's not going to be a substitute to make sure that each of your platforms you know, has all the various levels of software that you've come accustomed to putting on there for protection, but now we're actually being able to get the rich manageability that comes with being able to control all those security settings. Um, and then there's also other uh, 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 techniques out there to do um, uh, device control, which uh, something we didn't necessarily, you know, talk about here, but I know that more and more uh, some of the risks from a security perspective is data walking away from your network. And, you know, increasingly, you know, folks, um, you know, coming to and from work, you know, um, with personal devices that uh, in a very, very small form factor can have tens of gigabytes uh, worth of data, um, you know, is is something for, you know, again, you want your corporate data to stay where it belongs uh, and, and not grow legs. And you can control with policies for your actual system. But then, you know, when you, if you allow devices to plug in and uh, uh, there are several wonderful solutions uh, uh, to be able to go do that. But something, again, not to be overlooked when you're building a full-blown stack of defenses. Well, Mandy Novoa of Hewlett-Packard and Malcolm Harkins of Intel, thanks for being on the podcast. Okay. You bet.